Hello, everybody, and welcome to What Am I Missing, the podcast where I attempt to fill in the gaps of my knowledge through conversations with friends. I'm your host, Brett Walden, and today I am talking to Ryan Gelodi about dinosaurs. Now, when I first started this show, I would have people come up to me and give me topics that they think they would uh, be good at talking about or things that maybe they were interested in but weren't sure. But one name always came up when people would make recommendations to me, and that name was Ryan Gelodi. And it's because he's known as the dinosaur guy around here in Central Florida, Orlando. Um, He knows a lot. I don't know if he's a paleontologist by trade. In fact, I know he's not. But for some reason, it's just one of those things that if you know Ryan, you know he loves dinosaurs. He knows a lot about them. If you have a question, you can always come to him. If you've got a meme that has a dinosaur in it, you can show it to him, and he's going to love it every time. And since when I was a little kid, I liked dinosaurs, I thought I'd take everybody up on their offer and say, all right, let's test him out. Let's see what he knows. And friends, he knows a lot. Within the first five minutes, he was using words that I had never heard of before. And you probably haven't either, so grab a pen and paper and get ready to write some of this stuff down. Make a chart. Spider web it out if you need to. There's a lot going on in this episode. A lot of science, a lot of opinion, a lot of fun stories. We even talk about Jurassic Park and that Disney show Dinosaur from the 90s. It's all in here. It's a really fun conversation, so I hope you enjoy it. And unlike every other time, there is no sneak preview this week coming out for next Monday's show. I've got a special project in mind that I'm working on right now. It's not quite done. I don't know if it's going to be done. I hope it is. I hope I have something special to show you for the 20th episode, which is a bit of a milestone for me. But if not, I'll do one of my other conversations. There's nothing bad about it. It's all good. But look, I'm talking too much. Enough preamble. Let's all become clever girls with the help of Ryan Gelodi. Take it away, Anthony. All right, you ready to go? Let's do it. Let's hit it. How do, say your last name for me. Gelodi. 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 Okay. Yeah. You don't know how many different versions. I'm, I'm sure you I do. do. I do. <laughs> how many different versions there are, especially amongst our friends. Right. It's not even just people trying to read it. It's Gelodi, Giliodi. Mm-hmm. If you're uh, if you're fancy off the uh, off the boat Italian, um, Giliotti would be there. That's the one that I kind of default to, but mm-hmm. now I, I I like to hear it from the source. Mm-hmm. It's like um, it's like the inventor of the GIF, how he pronounces it GIF, and everybody's right. like, but it's GIF, and I'm right. like, he made it. <laughs> If you want it to be Gelodi, then it's just, if that's what it is, then Man. that's what it is. Man. Okay, let's get started. Okay. All right. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for listening to the show. Um, I appreciate it. I've already lost track of what I was thinking of um, because I'm, I'm overwhelmed with this week's topic because it's something that I uh, was previously into as a boy and am no longer following. So I'm, I'm interested to learn... Uh, more about this topic and of course if you read your screen then you know it is dinosaurs and I've got the man sitting across from me his name is Ryan Gelodi and he's here to talk all things dinosaurs say hello Ryan oh shit 
oh shit, it's a dinosaur. Uh, I've let a dinosaur in here. That was my, uh, that was in fact me speaking in dinosaur saying, hello, it's a pleasant uh, experience to be here today. Oh, is that? Okay. It's dinosaur. It was, is, is that a regional dialect it is, a regional that I? dialect. Okay, because uh, I didn't quite. It's more, uh, more North American, uh, late Cretaceous. Is what that was. Okay. Yeah, I was. I was. I, I'm. I'm more versed in Triassic. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, accents and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But um, it's nice to know that some things haven't changed. Right. In the yeah. in the language, I did recognize a few words in that. Good. Good. Um, so uh, as you uh, as you may have guessed, Ryan is here to talk all about dinosaurs, or at the very least, he's here to make sure that what I'm about to say is correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, like I said, I used to be a pretty big dinosaur expert. So oh, yeah. okay. Don't be don't be scared if I happen to know more about the topic than you do. You are um, incredibly smart, so I expect you know lots of things. Yeah, it's true. Um, this is a true story. When I was a kid, uh, you know, I I draw and used to draw. Um, it's not something I just started doing randomly, um, but I taught my entire kindergarten or first grade class how to draw a stegosaurus, mm-hmm. um, and then for my birthday. Uh, and I still have them. They all drew me individual birthday cards with the Stegosaurus on it. Right. That I taught them how to draw. Right. And I remember one girl drew the plates all the way around the body, 360 oh. degrees. Yeah, nice. Including on the bottom of the feet. Wow. And I got really upset because <laughs> I was like, first of all, this isn't what I taught you. This and is, second of all, this is anatomically incorrect. This is wrong. <laughs> this, that that's not how that works This at is all. an impossible dinosaur. What does that even do? Yeah. Yeah. I threw it out. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so so basically that's my pedigree. I go, it goes way back. So um, just a brief history. Dinosaurs. Uh, dinosaur, the word dinosaur is Latin for terrible lizard. Uh-huh. And we know that because they were terrible lizards. Um in that they just they did all the things that lizards do, but very poorly. They would climb on screens. Uh-huh, yeah. They would try to eat flies, which are way too small for their diets. Right, yeah, the huge body mass. They need more than just flies. You know, you'd be walking down the street, and you'd see dinosaurs dashing across the sidewalk, trying to stay out of your way, but... Mm-hmm. They're slow and they're lumbering and they're just they were they were just terrible at being lizards. Very bad at being lizards. Just yeah. bad. Yeah. You know. So that was the first thing. Mm-hmm. There's three kinds of dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. There's the only meat. three. There's the well. I mean, in terms of what they eat. <laughs> right. Sure. They either eat plants. Uh-huh. They eat each other. Uh-huh. Or they eat both. Right. But never themselves. No. Although there were there was a fourth one that would eat eggs. Right. 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 That's called an Avaraptor. Oh, Ovaraptor, yeah, yeah. Avaraptor. Uh, uh, and um Ovaraptor? And they died Ovaraptor. they died under mysterious circumstances. Mm-hmm. Some people think it was a comet. Mm-hmm. I think it was murder. M- murder. Oh. But there's no there's no chalk outlines to know hmm. to how. The, to this day they've never caught the killer. Indeed not. Oh. So, how'd I do? Uh, what am I missing? You, um, well, you you nailed it actually. Um, All right, uh, they were terrible lizards. I'm uh, so good at this. Um, uh, Richard Owens, uh, Owen. I don't know if it's Owen or Owens, plural or singular. Um, uh, British naturalist in the uh, in the 1800s. He's the guy who coined the term dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gave us terrible lizards. Um, and at the time, dinosaurs weren't. They didn't really hadn't really decided 
what a dinosaur was. In other words, they were finding all these fossils and they hadn't picked out which ones were dinosaurs and which one were which ones were uh, other prehistoric animals. So, um, uh, like they, you mean like like woolly mammoths and things like that? Yeah, exactly, just... exactly. Imagine you're um, you're finding all these uh, fossilized remains of animals, and you have literally no idea what they are. Right, and you're not even a hundred percent sure that. Um, that they're uh, uh, not animals that are existing today. In other words, the concept of extinction isn't ingrained in you. They're like, oh, animals go extinct. That's a thing. So right. you're not even 100% sure that that's a thing. So you're just finding all these remains in different locales, and they don't match anything that you've ever seen before. So so, what... one, so one of the assumptions is this creature could live just somewhere where I've never been. Correct. And therefore yeah. I've not seen it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. interesting. Um, now that's... A vast oversimplification. There were certainly um, uh, different uh, periods of scientific knowledge where people had a good idea that there were animals that weren't around anymore. Um, I think like even the ancient Greeks had started to figure out that there was previously existing animals that weren't around today, mm -hmm. um, and they were so they were aware that extinction maybe was happening. Um, I've already got. I've already lost my tangent that I started on. <laughs> Terrible lizards. Richard <laughs> Owen gives us that name. Yeah. Um, he. They found uh, the remains of uh, an iguanodon. I think is the first one. The two dinosaurs are iguanodon and megalosaurus. Okay. So iguanodon's one of the kind of like a duckbill dinosaur we might call it. Um, uh, and then megalosaurus is a, a theropod, so it's your walking on two legs carnivore. So sort of a. Uh, uh, um, uh, sort of like a tri uh, Tyrann Tyrannosaurus Rex. Mm -hmm. Lost my ability to speak there for a moment. That's all right. Um, so those are the two remains that they have. And they go, this is a weird animal. This is a weird animal. They are somewhat related, um, looking at the physiology of them. Um, and so they went, these are dinosaurs. Great. And that's one of the definition of dinosaurs is Megalosaurus, Iguanodon, they share a common ancestor somewhere in the distant past, even before them. Everything from that distant uh, ancestor forward is a dinosaur. Does that make sense? S sort of. Right. Yes. Um, in, in terms of... Uh, no, it doesn't make sense. Okay. Okay. So... Um, <laughs> I'm not as smart as you said I was. Uh, well, I'm not doing a very good job of explaining <laughs> it. Uh, but that's one of the things that I love about, uh, about dinosaurs is that... I, you mentioned loving him as, as a kid, and yep. I loved them as a kid as well. Um, so as kids, they, they discover they have this, they, probably a book of dinosaurs, cool pictures, monsters doing monster things. Yeah. And you start to read about them, and, and kids get really excited about uh, that one little corner of mastery that they have achieved. Like, they're able to say the word Tyrannosaurus, and they're able to say the word Quetzalcoatlus, and they're able to say these words that maybe some adults they know can't say. Yeah. So they get excited about them. Um, and then uh, as they sort of start to drill down, um, they, uh, you know, they're just excited by these these things that they're able to read about and understand and get better about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So have they discovered or do they know what that common ancestor is? Or are they just sort of, it's a theorized like... It's sort of a theorized, we have a, a general idea of what it probably looked like. Right. Um, so to go back to the, the science of it, um, what we consider dinosaurs sort of first appeared in the, uh, the mid-Triassic. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at 230 million years ago. Um, probably would have been uh, a smallish, maybe raccoon-sized 
animal. It would have looked like, um, uh, probably would have been uh, bipedal, uh, walking on two legs. Um, it's probably uh, hunting um, small lizards and uh, large insects uh, for its food source. Yeah. Um, and so that ancestor of dinosaurs appears and uh, it starts to branch out into uh, uh, not that one specific one. <laughs> right. It's family tree starts to branch out and you get uh, two big groups of uh, the two larger groups of dinosaurs. Um, Ornith- Ornithoscians and Sauroscians. Wow. Um, he did that without reading, by the way. <laughs> It took me a moment to remember how to pronounce it, <laughs> Ornithoscians and uh, Sauroscians. So uh, that literally translates to lizard-hipped and bird-hipped. Mm. So two groups of dinosaurs, lizard-hipped and bird-hipped. Let's put a pin in that because we're going to come back to that and talk about how that's probably wrong now. Okay. Wee, that's exciting. Well, I was going to, because I was going to say that the, the phrase um, terrible lizard mm-hmm. is flawed, right? Mm-hmm. Fundamentally in terms of like, they're not. They're not lizards. They're not lizards. Right, right. Right. So that's a problem. Right. So um, uh, they are, in fact, um, uh, if you want to go back to even before dinosaurs. Please. Uh, oh, boy. So uh, <laughs> vertebrates, uh, animals with, uh, with spines and bones. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in the way, way back, you're looking at fish. Some of those fish are tetrapods. So they start to get um, uh, limbs, uh, and they start to come out of the water. Uh, those are then you're looking at um, uh, basically kind of like amphibians, early amphibians. Some of those early amphibians start to uh, lay eggs that are have a hard uh, shell to them, so they're able to survive in environments outside of water for right. longer. So they're no longer amphibious. So now you start to get these, um, and that's significant the shell because it's instead of it being underwater, mm-hmm. where obviously it can stay. Um, right. wet mm-hmm. um now the moisture is held it's trapped in the egg. inside the egg by the shell right and and so they're therefore they're able to lay eggs on the land on land okay. right so they get to adapt themselves for living on land for longer yeah so then you've got uh, um the uh the hard-shelled egg-laying animals um uh, then they start to radiate and you start to get a kind of big the, the big groups of those animals are uh synapsids uh and uh diapsids so synapsids will include eventually everything that will become mammals. Oh, okay. Uh, diapsids will include kind of everything else that's not an amphibian. So your lizards and your crocodiles um, and uh, maybe your turtles. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're kind of a weird thing on their own, too. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so if there's any turtles listening, I right, apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're anapsids. We don't know what to do with you. We... You're not diapsids. <laughs> you're not synapsids. You're anapsids. And we don't know where you came from. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. People have different theories. Um, so That's di- a, save it for the turtle episode. <laughs> yeah, turtle episode. So diapsids is your lizards and your crocodiles. Um, and then you look at the, the croc line, the group of crocodile animals, and that's actually called archosaurs. Mm-hmm. So now you're, you've already separated from the lizards. So lizards are going to go one way. Your archosaurs are going to go the other way. And that includes your crocodiles. It includes, will eventually include your dinosaurs. Mm. Um, and it will include your pterosaurs, so your flying reptiles. Sure. Um, and your dinosaur line will eventually include your birds. So they're all diapsids. Got it. Um, well, they're all archosaurs. Diapsids wouldn't be archosaurs and lizards. Um, 
just not the synapses, which is the mammals. I'm doing a terrible job. Keep it all straight. All I, right. hope, I hope you have your pen and your paper out and your charting. There's going to be this. notes on this. <laughs> There's, there will be a test, test at the end. Um, so you've got your uh, your archosaurs, and among those archosaurs, you've got a line of crocodiles that comes off of that, and they crocodiles are still around today. We've got those guys. They they were around in the Permian, which is before the Triassic, uh, in the entire era of the dinosaurs, uh, so and they're, they're still around today. They're almost, I mean, they're like nature's perfect animal then. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's it's that's one of those tropes that gets mentioned of like, oh, this animal's perfectly evolved to do this. We say that about uh, sharks and cockroaches and uh, crocodiles. Oh, they're you know they're li- the... living fossils. And right. Like, well, yes, they're similar, but the crocodiles that we have today are not the same crocodiles that were around in the Permian. Okay. Um, in fact, that line of uh, of crocodiles during the early Triassic, so just before the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, are, they're knocking on the door. They're right around the corner. They're about to come. Mm-hmm. That early group of crocodiles um, is uh, is starting to uh, morph into many different ecological niches. So you've got crocodiles doing regular crocodile things, but you've also got crocodiles that have become herbivores and don't live anywhere near the water. You've got crocodiles with long legs that are probably running and hunting like wolves. You've got crocodiles doing weird things the face that you're making right what? now is exactly the face that i made when i learned that which are there is, pictures um uh yes i don't know that i do i have any with me Let's i mean this, this is, i'll have I to find a some for the big book of dinosaurs yeah um but this is just that dinosaurs i don't know if it has the early stuff in it if it um, doesn't i mean i'm gonna find a picture of it for the facebook page because that right. uh, analog a crocodile that runs like a wolf yeah. is maybe the most disturbing thing i've heard <laughs> in a while pseudosuchians that's what you're looking for okay when you when the listener at home googles that pseudosuchians fake suchians got uh, it. exactly right fake suchian uh uh is the word for uh crocodile so you'll see that croc uh, uh croc up crop up in different <laughs> in different latin names for dinosaurs uh there's a dinosaur called uh suchamimus which means crocodile mimic oh it's a dinosaur that does crocodile things um, All right. So anytime you see that suki in there, that's crocodile. That's crocodile. So got su- it. Pseudosuchians, fake crocodiles, running around like running around like wolves. Okay. They go. Most of them, the weird ones, go extinct in the mid Triassic. Good. Yeah. Whew. Dodge that bullet. <laughs> I don't. Wolf, I don't need to see that running wolf around, crocs. Yeah. especially here in Florida. <laughs> don't need that. And then that's when the dinosaurs start to appear, mid Triassic. Um, You've got that, whatever that early dinosaur ancestor is, it's probably a smallish, like I said, raccoon-sized, um, almost generic or bland dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Imagine the most bland dinosaur, because it hasn't decided what it's going to do yet. Right. Um, it's not specialized, I should say. So then dinosaurs start to appear um, and uh, in the uh, in the mid-Triassic, and then they, they branch out into their big groups of dinosaurs. Like I said before, Ornithoscians, that's your... That includes... Um, uh, that includes your Stegosaurus, that includes your Triceratops, that includes, um, uh, let me do Sauroscians first, and you'll see why. So Sauroscians includes your sauropods, your long-necked dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and it includes your theropods, and that's your walking on two legs, uh, probably carnivorous dinosaurs, your Velociraptors, your Allosaurus, your Tyrannosaurus rex. So that's Sauroscians. All the hits. Yeah. Uh, Ornithoscians. The other group is everything else. Triceratops, Stegosaurus, Ankylosaurus, um, 
iguanodon that I mentioned earlier. So uh, everything that's not a two-legged carnivore mm-hmm. or a long-necked dinosaur. Okay, because the like the um, the the what's the duckbill one? Uh, what the one that you mentioned? Iguanodon. Already? Iguanodon. Yeah. Because that one, it was thought for a long time to walk on two legs, right? Or yes. is it still thought to do that? I uh, we now think it walked on two primarily, but occasionally mm-hmm. did four. Okay, but yeah. it but it's it's separate because it it's an herbivore. Right. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Got it. Got it. Got There's it. lots of uh, there are lots of walking on two legged herbivores like your iguanodon, your duckbill dinosaurs, um, Pachycephalosaurus. Mm. If you're familiar with that one, mm-hmm. big hard headed, got a big dome on its head. Oh yeah, they uh, uh, button heads. Exactly. Button heads. Um, that's walking on two legs, but it is in in that other group, the Ornithischian. Got it. Okay. Um, um, so wow, already we're, that's <laughs> we're, a lot of information. Um, so just to, to deviate a little bit from the science, um, how does, you know, we both mentioned we were into this, um, as children, Mm -hmm. like you said, it's just, it's a book of monsters. There's Mm -hmm. something to it. You know, I used to love to draw them and, and I think you're right. I think there was something to kind of knowing something that maybe my parents didn't or being able to pronounce the words, Mm -hmm. um, and almost being, I think. Uh, and this will not come as a surprise to anyone who knows me, but uh, you know, being a little arrogant about it almost. Sure. To be like, oh, do you mean... Right. Um, You're going to hear me throughout this entire conversation. I'm still doing that. Well, it's, I mean, I but still it's, and love it's it. more, more impressive because at some point I drop off mm-hmm. and I don't know why, but you obviously continue. What, what is it about... I mean, what what was your like? What was your your experience? Your fir- whatever whatever that initial impact was that made you go, oh, this is a thing that I'm going to enjoy for the rest of my life. Um, so I like you. I loved dinosaurs as a kid, and as I got older, I did have a t- kind of a period in my life when I I fell away from it. And was just you know busy doing, you know, getting involved with you know girls and outside activities and my first job and all that stuff where it started to not be not have time for dinosaurs sure um one of the other hobbies that i have and uh and love is tabletop role-playing games Mm. so dungeons and dragons okay um (laughs) and every other game associated with that uh in the late very late 90s in fact might even be the year 2000 um the third edition of dungeons and dragons comes out Mm mm-hmm and uh, I had actually, at that point, I'd even been away from Dungeons and Dragons for a while. Third edition comes out, it gets me interested in again. Great, I'm going to play the third edition of Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, and this is getting uh, extra detail-y, nerdy as well. Um, there's a, a 3.0 version of Dungeons and Dragons, and then there's the 3.5 version of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, okay. Which came a, a couple of years later. So uh, which one is this? So we're starting with a 3.0. Okay. And... One of the things that Dungeons and Dragons did is it started to adopt a little bit more of modern game design, including um, uh, giving things uh, uh, tags or 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 the rules included um, labels and tags for that meant different things to the rules. Mm-hmm. And uh, this came out of uh, Magic: The Gathering, the the card game, right? Was owned by Wizards of the Coast, which had at this point bought and uh, Dungeons and Dragons was putting out the new edition of Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. So those two are um, so they're 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 at least slightly informed by each other as far as game design goes. Right. One of the game design elements they had 
was all of the monsters in Dungeons and Dragons were given uh, a label of what group they fit into. So there was dragons, mm-hmm. there was um, um, giants, there was uh, uh, elementals. You know, every animal, fit, every monster fit into one of those groups. Right. Oh, so they're starting to classify. They're them. classifying them. Okay. Um, just and that hadn't been done before. That really hadn't been done before in Dungeons and Dragons, anyway. Right. Um, uh, they had given these classifications now because it it affected how the rules worked. So in the third edition of Dungeons and Dragons, they had one of those groups of anim- one of those groups of monsters was animals, mm-hmm. and that just included your animals, your horses, and your and your bears and your wolves. Sure. Um, they had another group of animals, uh, another group of monsters, um, magical beasts, mm-hmm. and that included your uh, your fanciful creatures of mythology that didn't actually exist. Your things like unicorns, right. That kind of look like an animal, but it has magical powers. Then they also had another group. And this is where it gets really uh, nitpicky that this is the 3.0 version and not the 3.5 version. They, okay. they had a group just called Beasts. And Beasts were things that kind of looked and acted like animals, but mm-hmm. didn't actually exist. Uh, so, for example, a griffin. Okay. A griffin is a, in mostly presented in mythology as just a, an animal. Right. It's just no, nothing that ever actually existed. But it doesn't have... Doesn't Mag- have magical powers. Magical powers. Right. Exactly. Okay. Does that make sense? Sure. Sure. So in the third edition of Dungeons and Dragons, they put dinosaurs in with the beasts. Oh. Not in with the animals. So I'm um I still know my dinosaur stuff in the back of my head. I love tabletop role playing games. I open up the third edition of the Dungeons and Dragons Monster Manual <laughs> and it says dinosaurs are beasts. And I'm like, wait, no. <laughs> yeah. That's not, a, that's not how that works. They're, they're, they're animals. Right. Sure. They're not around today, but, um, they're still animals. And they yeah. Animal they existed. Um, so that, that's one of the things that made me start thinking about how do we classify animals and where do we, wh- why do we put them where we put them and what's related to what. And, um, so it really made me think about that. Later editions of Dungeons and Dragons, the 3.5 version of it, which came out a year or two later, mm-hmm. did away with the beasts category entirely, and everything was either an animal or a magical beast. Yeah, and so they correctly put dinosaurs in with the animals. Good. So that makes yeah. more sense to me, right? Because even when you think of like griffins or you know things like that, it's just mm-hmm. like no, I would I would probably classify that as a magical yeah creature only in the sense that it's magical that it that they were even right and, and acknowledging it <laughs> right exactly as you a know. possibility i mean look at that look at the mass of that animal there's no way that the wings that size could possibly make that thing fly on its own no way it's got to have magic exactly <laughs> thank you right so right. they got your letters then yes good finally they good uh, um so but that so that kicks you off into into looking kind of like reevaluating dinosaurs then or it did it made me like i said it made me really start to question um uh wait, dinosaurs are animals, so of course they're animals. Well, what are similar animals? What are they related to? What's related to them? How do they relate to other animals? And uh, so then as an, as an adult, I started going back and reading the different dinosaur books that were available. Mm-hmm. I have a couple here uh, sitting next to me at the microphone yeah. that are sort of coffee table dinosaur books. Um, <laughs> the, this one here, the larger of the two that I brought, um, is actually one of the first that I bought as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um and it was, at the time that I purchased it, I didn't know that it was going to be as perfect as it was. But it's perfect because it does exactly what I wanted, which is divides the dinosaurs up into 
the groups that they are related to. So right. in other words, it puts all the theropods together and it puts all the uh, uh, ceratopsians together and it puts all the stegosaurs together. Yeah. Um, and that's called the Encyclopedia of Dinosaurs. Encyclopedia of Dinosaurs. Yeah. And uh, over it, 140 dinosaur profiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it does it's exactly that. It has... Um, that's right. Oh, see? It, see, I opened right to stegosaurus. Right there. Okay. No plates on its no feet. No plates on its feet. Oh. Yeah. That girl. Uh, I tell you. No appreciation. Um, cool. So that so that gets you kind of buying the books and into the research and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there? Um, I mean, what what's um, in terms of kind of hooking you past that? Is there is there is there any one sort of like dinosaur or one era or one thing that sort of kept you going or? Um, well, by this time, uh, you know, the Jurassic Park movies were already out mm. and in full swing, and uh, yeah, lots of uh, lots of people will tell you that they, you know, sparked a renewed interest in paleontology, and that's absolutely the case for me. Um, I will admit that the very first time I ever saw Jurassic Park, uh, I didn't like it. Oh, really? Um, and not because like mm, the dinosaurs are wrong, but instead <laughs> I was like, eh, but I thought the movie was boring. And oh, interesting. It was Jaws on land and la 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 and. <laughs> And really, what it was is I was at that I was at that age where I just didn't like things because it was cool to not like things. Right. So right. You know. Now looking back at that movie, I go, oh no, that movie is a a brilliant movie. No matter what you think about the science of the dinosaurs. In it. Right. So it's, oh, it's a great movie. And the, I mean, I'm not the first to say it, but yeah, the fact that like the visuals still hold up to this day. And, right. Like it's just yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard the theory about the movie that that you don't actually? see a real dinosaur on real quotes you know obviously you don't right. um but because of the but because of the cloning and splicing mm-hmm. um process that 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 what's represented on screen is sort of knowingly also not uh a representation of the true forms that the dinosaurs take and therefore the film kind of gets away with the this it the fudges in, the science the a bit. Incorrect science. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. And or I, at least it's an out that they can take of like, well, no, it's not a Velociraptor because it's got frog DNA in it. Right. And and I think, I think that's a valid point, and that's fantastic, and that's great. But I think that in, if you ask the movie makers in 1993, right, um, are these dinosaurs? They would they would have absolutely said yes. This is what we think dinosaurs looked like. Yeah. And we now know that you know. They're wrong on on a couple of things. Um, yeah, uh, or at least um, this is uh, this is our best guess for a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yes, I, I I love that out of that. No, they're not actually dinosaurs. They're you know they're magical beasts. Right. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> ooh. All right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that they have made in a lab. So that's why they they're allowed to be wrong. Right. Um, but uh, they can did... we? I mean, I don't want to. I want. I want to get back to what we were talking about. But can you speak to some of the things that are just sort of like scientifically inaccurate in in Jurassic at Park? least the original Jurassic Park? Oh, sure, sure. Uh, uh, the most obvious one that uh, any any twelve year old will tell you now is that uh, the Velociraptors should all be covered in feathers. Mm-hmm. Um, we not pretty much uh, know that for fact. I don't think we have we have um, fossil evidence of. Uh, feathers on theropod dinosaurs that were in the same group as velociraptors. I don't know that we have actual velociraptors with feathers on them, but mm-hmm. uh, we certainly have enough of their very close relatives to assume that they would have had feathers. Sure. Um, and then there's even the uh, the element that the velociraptors that we see aren't velociraptors. 
um, you know, they're much too big to be velociraptors. And, right. And they're probably, um, Deinonychus is probably what they are, which is, if you're wondering what a Deinonychus is, it's a Jurassic Park velociraptor. That's a Deinonychus. Okay. Um, maybe they would have not been quite as big, but they would have been close. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so some of the science that went into making those dinosaurs for the movie is, uh, things like that. So Deinonychus is the, is the animal that they based Velociraptor on the Velociraptor in Jurassic Park. Uh, not the real Velociraptor. <laughs> Try to keep it straight. Yeah. Um, and, uh, when they were making the movie, um, uh, Michael Crichton and Steven Spielberg, uh, consulted with, uh, Jack Horner as their paleontologist expert, mm-hmm. their, their uh, um, paleontology guy. And they said, hey, we want to use Deinonychus, but it's a little too small. Can we make it a little bigger? Is that going to, what's that do science-wise? And Jack Horner's response was, yeah, there's probably a related animal that's probably bigger. It's fine. It's, you know, Deinonychus isn't quite that big, but there's no reason to think why a similar animal wouldn't be slightly bigger. Right. Think, um, a, as a real-world example, think... Um, you know, uh, morphologically, a tiger and a lion are pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. They sort of do things differently in their environment, but physically they're very similar. Uh, but a tiger's bigger. So, right. So, Deinonychus, could there be something bigger than Deinonychus? Sure, of course there is. Sure. Um, are we going to call it the thing that's that that it's not though yes yeah we're gonna call it something different. <laughs> we're gonna so, continue to call it so while the, while they're making the movie um they find that animal they discover oh no kidding an animal that's like deinonychus it's just bigger uh and that's called utah raptor oh yeah uh, i've so heard about you've that you've heard of utah raptor well, sure. when they started making jurassic park utah raptor wasn't a thing nobody knew about it right um but during the process of making that movie uh paleontology kept moving forward and they discovered utah raptor and Jack Horner was like, "See, I told you. Yeah, it's right there." <laughs> wow, um, it's they, like the secret. Yeah. They just they put it out into the universe, and there it was. And they found it, and they gave it the most awkward name that they could possibly <laughs> think of. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. Um, it's just lazy, isn't it? Right. Uh, where where did we find it? Utah. What do we want to call it? Uh, Utah Raptor. Utah Raptor. Yeah. It just rolls off the tongue, right? Yeah. Wow. Well, well that's pretty it, cool. It's slightly easier to say than Deinonychus. So. Or... But Deinonychus sounds like it's got a history behind it. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you know it's it's a it's still powerful because it's got that old Latin sound to it. Yeah, Utah Raptor is literally <laughs> just two you know the thing it is and the place it was found. Right, and it's it's two like consonants backed up against each other. Yeah, yeah, it's not nice. It's lazy, but it's, it's lazy. fine. Yeah, it's fine. So. Uh... So, like I said, they were they were using Deinonychus as their as their basis for that, and they wanted to make it bigger, so they did. And the name Velociraptor comes from an actual dinosaur called Velociraptor, but that thing's much smaller. That thing's the size of a turkey. Right. Um. It's it's not a big animal at all. And but it would have been cute. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been right. <laughs> and uh, clever girl. <laughs> me 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 me. Um. And, uh, but again, Steven Spielberg and Michael Crichton were like, look, we want to use Deinonychus, but just empirically, Velociraptor is a cooler name. Right. So we're going to call it Velociraptor. Right. And they did. And now everybody thinks Velociraptor is, you know, the size of a person and able to open doors and, right. Um, has entered pop culture as that's what a Velociraptor is. Yeah. Not true. Not true at all. And it's funny because I, um, 
I was sort of at the height of my dinosaur mania when that came out, and Velociraptor quickly became my favorite. Mm -hmm. Although I was, once again, that kid who was like, you know, it's not actually Mm -hmm. that big, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But still, it didn't matter to me. Even though I knew the truth, it still was like, if you asked me what my favorite dinosaur was at that time, it was hands down Velociraptor. Mm, Yeah. And it's be, it's it's just because of that movie. Because of the movie. Because it made them look so cool. Right. Because it 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 showed us uh it one of the things that I love about the movie and specifically what they did with Velociraptors it it showed us doing it showed uh, showed us that animals can do things other than just be monsters. Right. Like, I mean, Velociraptors are the monsters in that movie, unquestionably. But they're doing some things that we don't think of them doing. You know. Uh, uh, they're thinking about things, and they're and they have uh, uh, goals and objectives, and they have uh, the ability to open doors, which gets pointed out as like, oh, that that means they're smart; they can open a door. But like, right? I I know people whose cats can open doors, so it's not that's not <laughs> yeah. that high a bar, right? <laughs> but right. but they tell us that they're very smart, so we start to think of them as very smart. Yeah, um, which you know every other dinosaur previous to that they're, they're just monsters they're brainless mindless monsters yeah with brains the size of walnuts right exactly right um so is that uh, now i want to i want to deviate here because i want to ask like is that true because that's always sort of been the uh, the the conception of dinosaurs is that they've got tiny brains mm-hmm. and they're just big lumbering oafs right uh is that true no is the short answer okay no they're 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 probably very good at doing what they did um and that's a great question to, to sort of dig into um, the science of dinosaurs and what I love about the science of dinosaurs. Let's do it. And just that just that question, like, were they stupid? They had tiny brains. Were they stupid? And you have to unpack that question of, like, what does that mean for an animal to be smart? Um, right. And uh, what, are the, what are their brains doing and how do they do it? Um, we, we now know today that crows and related birds, you know, ravens and crows and magpies are really, 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 really smart animals and they can solve problems and mm-hmm. they can use tools, but, and long memories. Yeah. Very long memories. Um, ravens hold grudges. Mm-hmm, they do. And they teach it to other ravens. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. Like, it's like, wow. They the, pass down their, yeah. their, their grudges. And that's amazing. But they're physically, their brains are tiny. Right. Um, and, uh, so Already, we're starting to see that uh, birds and the way their brains are put together are very different than the way mammal brains are put together. So, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that we kind of science sort of thinks now is that the structure of a bird brain can hold more information. I'm doing finger air quotes. Um, that you can have a smarter brain in a smaller space, right? With a bird brain, because one of the things we associate with mammals, and and um, it's it seems very self-serving, but because we have one of the as mammals one of the larger brain cases, and therefore brains mm-hmm. in the animal kingdom, as right. far as mammals are concerned, and you know we are we are speaking to each other right now through technology that we've all invented. Right. You know it, the the assumption is that 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 the size of the the brain does equate somewhat to mm-hmm. intelligence, mm-hmm. right? And and it does to some extent, um, but uh, but we're now starting to figure out that but when it's you're, not entirely true, right? Because we're measuring it based off of our own personal metric, as opposed mm-hmm. to now. It sounds like now they're sort of figuring out, like, oh, birds are working on an entirely different, right, right, an and, entirely different area, and of, they're doing different things than us. It's it's 
as humans, when we talk, start to ask our, our animals intelligent, um, what we're really saying is, are animals like us? Right. Do they think like us? Yeah. And that's not the same thing as our animals are intelligent. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, we're, we have to understand that uh, a very, very intelligent animal is not going to be interested in reading Shakespeare or making a microphone or a podcast or, you know, they're just, they're <laughs> right. just going to do, they're going to be, they're going to be doing different things. Yeah. They're so. going to do magpie things. That's right. Magpie things. Right. Magpies don't care about podcasts. No, but they will hold a grudge against that bicyclist that cut through their field that they didn't like. Yeah. So the next time you call someone bird brain, what you're really saying is you're someone who holds grudges very well. <laughs> and will teach it to your and children. And will teach it to your children. And your neighbors. <laughs> yeah. And you like shiny things. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, uh, okay, so let's go back to the dinosaurs then. So, mm-hmm. so because of birds, we're sort of forced to reevaluate the, 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 the brains themselves. Right. Um, so, yeah, so, we're, so just because a dinosaur has a small brain doesn't mean it's, you know, stupid. It just means it's um, uh, wired differently. Mm-hmm. Um, when we look at the brain cases of, uh, of different dinosaurs, um, uh, we start to see, uh, like, Tyrannosaurus rex has a huge... Uh, olfactory center for its brain, so it probably did have a very good sense of smell. Um, and uh, yeah, I lost my train of thought on that. We we're talking about brains, so <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Tyrannosaurus Rex, if Jurassic mm-hmm. Park has taught me nothing else about them, mm-hmm. uh, it's two things: mm-hmm. they can't see things um, unless it's moving, mm-hmm. which just on its face is ridiculous. Yes, because that thing would be tripping over. Right everything exactly that, that's inanimate right um and also that um somehow sometimes it can enter stealth mode mm-hmm. and enter a scene without anybody noticing <laughs> until it's absolutely necessary for the climax uh, yeah absolutely which yeah. one of those are more factually accurate <laughs> um probably the latter probably the enter a scene without anybody knowing that it's there okay um i we've you know lots of other people smart the the t-rex comes in and or or some something comes in and like saves the saves the day or or you know eats the baddie or something right at the last minute. Oh yeah, I think in the the latest Jurassic World movie, uh, Fallen Kingdom, I think we see that happen twice in the trailers alone. <laughs> right, where there's a dramatic moment of, uh, um, I think it's the Carnotaurus is stalking around the big hamster ball. Yeah, and then the T Rex comes in and eats him. Yeah, and then there's another shot in the, uh, in they're they're in some sort of basement and bad guys there with a gun and then the, another dinosaur comes flying out of the out of the tunnel next to him and eats him and right it's basically the same thing twice. he's just a superhero yeah. um so i i want to i don't want to keep talking about jurassic park for this entire thing but um what are your <laughs> <laughs> no are you sure because i can i will i know um, it's just but but mostly it's just me picking them apart it's right. not really about like anything to do with the dinosaurs themselves <laughs> except that this idea that somehow um especially in lost world mm-hmm. where it's just like we have to genetically create a new dinosaur because people are losing interest right, right. in dinosaurs. Sure. It's like, doesn't? I mean, th- that just seems ridiculous to me. It, and I know that. It, it does, and yet it doesn't. Really? And because I, zoos exist. It, yeah, they do. And we don't get tired of it, when really. Was, when was the last time you went to a zoo? I, but, I mean, but... Look, <laughs> but people still go. Correct. They're not gemet- genetically modifying pandas in order right. to draw people in. Sure. Yeah. They, you're, you're, you that's know what correct. I'm saying? Right. Like, people still go. I mm-hmm. still go to Animal Kingdom every once in a while. Absolutely. And I will always go on the safari mm-hmm. because I just want to see the possibility of a sleeping rhino mm-hmm. or a sleeping giraffe <laughs> or a sleeping something else. 
<laughs> you know, I don't think people would get sick of seeing dinosaurs. Would you? No, I wouldn't. Absolutely. Uh, I, I go to zoos whenever I get a chance to. Uh, right. And I go to Animal Kingdom every chance I get. And, uh, yeah. That's my, my favorite of the parks to visit. So uh, build, okay, so let's do this. Okay. Let's bring it back to the topic. Uh-huh. You, you get to build your own dinosaur zoo. Okay. I don't know what we'll call it. Yeah. Jurassic Park. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, okay. Even though that title's flawed. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Because they're not all from the Jurassic, right? Most of them aren't. They, they address that in the book uh, of Jurassic Park. They address where they, um, basically, they, they, they tested the name uh, of, the, of the park, and Jurassic Park tested the best. Right. And so... Good. At least they acknowledged it. Sound better than Cretaceous Park or <laughs> yeah, ooh. Triassic Park. Are yeah. there any Triassic dinosaurs? Uh, Dilophosaurus might be late, late Triassic or early Jurassic. It's right around that. It's right around there. I what know. do you? Can you name the order of the of the eras? Oh sure, Triassic, uh, Jurassic, and then Cretaceous. Only three. There's only three of the. That's the Mesozoic era. That's the time of the dinosaurs. Oh, okay, um, but it lasts. Yeah, it starts a. Uh, the the Triassic starts two hundred and fifty million years ago, um, but in the middle of that, there's a an extinction event, um, two hundred and thirty million years ago, and that after that is when the dinosaurs really start to appear. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably exist before that, but we don't have a lot of fossil evidence of them, and there's probably not many of them um, because there's wolf crocodiles running around. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, I hate the wolf crocodile. Oh, I just learned about him. I hate him. <laughs> Uh, so 230 million years ago, middle of the Triassic period, dinosaurs appear. Um, they cruise, uh, do their thing, kind of uh, one of many different types of animals until the end of the Triassic uh, when uh, there's yet another extinction event. And then uh, the Jurassic era comes after that. Mm-hmm. And that's when dinosaurs um, kind of have their sort of uh, uh, heyday, I guess, their their golden age. That's when, they're, that's when all the... Um, different groups of dinosaurs up here uh, right so you've that you've got your long neck dinosaurs and you've got your dinosaurs that will eventually become uh the triceratops um, stegosaurus is around in the jurassic um so uh in jurassic park the movie we don't see stegosaurus in the first one um what do we see that's uh jurassic Brachiosaurus is a Jurassic dinosaur. Oh yeah, those is, are the first ones that the very first dinosaur that they we see, right? Yeah. Coming out of the water or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, eating the palm tree. I think he's on. either on land and he rears up. That's the very first one that we see. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, what is? I'm going to hold off on my Jurassic Park okay. question All until right. the All end. Right. Um, uh, what? So, so you mentioned dinosaurs when they start out, they're very small, mm-hmm. and they're kind of amongst a group of other right. types of animals. So right. obviously. When we think of dinosaurs, we think of them as large, mm-hmm. looming, mm-hmm. lumbering, whatever. Mm-hmm. What's the environment at this time that allows them to get to such ridiculous get to sizes? That gigantic size. Yeah. Um, that's one of the questions that science has is like, is just that question. Why did they get so big? Yeah. And the answer is there probably isn't a single answer. Mm. Um, one of the things to keep in mind is that... Uh, Plants are evolving and changing as well, as well as uh, uh, animals. Um, flowering plants don't exist until about the middle of the Jurassic, which is about the same time as when those gigantic long-necked dinosaurs appear. Yeah. So one of the things that we think is a factor, it's certainly not the only thing, but um, flowering plants are able to um, uh, 
you, you imagine a herd of long-necked dinosaurs of these you know, giant brachiosauruses is going to mow through a forest and eat it bare because they're so massive. They're right. so it's gigantic animals. They just need a lot of um, a lot of a few of food. Uh, so then, flowering plants are able to recover much faster. So there's you know when you strip that forest bare. Um, you know, however long it takes, a couple of months or a year, that forest is starting to recover and be a forest again. Right. Um, as opposed to previous to that, you know, an animal that big would strip the forest and then would have nothing to eat for the ever. So, right. Um, so flowering plants appear. The plants are able to uh, reproduce much faster. So there's availability of food issue. Going oh, on interesting. So, so is it almost that they, the, um, the, flowering of plants is almost evolutionarily uh a response to the the outside stimulus of the dino- of the herbivores like eating yeah it could be yeah. um I, i'm not an expert enough on plant evolution to know exactly what's going on there but right. um it seems like it's probably a, a chicken or the egg question it's mm-hmm. like maybe dinosaurs are st- start to get big so flowering plants start to reproduce faster which lets dinosaurs get bigger which makes plants reproduce faster i see yeah 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 so um interesting not sure which exactly one happened first but right. um yeah other things that i've heard um involve like because there were so many uh so many different types of plants and trees and obviously you know it was very forested in certain areas that there was there, there was more oxygen mm-hmm. and so the you know the oxygen levels sort of allowed these creatures to get bigger and bigger because there was more to support yeah. support that right yeah that that is a, a theory as well i don't know exactly where the science stands on that at mm-hmm. the moment but it seems like that could be that could be a factor where the a different oxygen level will say is going to affect metabolism differently. Um, so maybe they have a better metabolism for supporting a larger creature. Right. Um, some of the other things that affect how big an animal can get is um, uh, the the sort of size to weight ratio. Um, there is in theory there's a a maximum limit on how big a body can get before it will just collapse under its own weight. Right. Um, so dinosaurs have probably lighter bones than a comparably sized mammal because mm-hmm. um, they're kind of doing that thing that, you know, the we talk about birds having hollow bones. Um, some dinosaurs may have had some hollow bones, which would allow them to be lighter compared to their size. Right, right, right. I see what you're saying. Um, so uh, that's one way that they're able to support the larger bodies. Um, another is just a... a almost like an engineering problem um, is how you position the limbs affects how, how strong you can stand. Um, going back to the Triassic and the appearance of those first dinosaurs, mm-hmm. one of the things that made them dinosaurs was they put their legs underneath themselves. Mm. If you think about a lizard, they've got their legs sprawled out to the side and right. like a push-up position. Yeah. If you think about mammals, their legs are underneath them. Um, kind of stacked up like a tower so that they can uh, carry more weight. Right. Like, this is not a good position. I'm doing the push-up position. It's <laughs> not a good position for carrying a lot of weight. Right. But if you stack all that weight on top of your limbs, um, you can carry a lot more weight that way. Sure. So dinosaurs moved their limbs, their hips uh, changed shape from the, their previous ancestors to put their limbs underneath them. Um, same thing with their, their shoulders. And uh, so now you've, you've engineered a better structure for carrying weight right 
Um, so so then they can get bigger. They can get bigger, right? Mm. Um, mammals are similarly built, but it seems like the dinosaurs were better at it. Right. Um, yeah, because mammals at this time, especially as they start to evolve and get bigger, mammals are just kind of relegated to just being yeah. tiny, tiny and hidden, right? Yeah, mammals are doing, um, they're uh, shrew-like is how they're often described at this time <laughs> during the era of the dinosaurs. So they're small mice, basically. Right. Um, and uh, they will eventually get very big themselves, yeah. obviously. Um, uh, even, uh, uh, you know, the largest animal that ever existed is a mammal. Uh, it's the blue whale. Right. Um, still around today. Um, largest animal ever, period, uh, is that blue whale. Um, but, uh, the largest land going animal is those long neck dinosaurs, the sauropods. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we think that title goes to, uh, Patagotitan, I think is the animal is what we're calling it. Yeah. It's a hell of a name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, talk me through the history of the brontosaurus. Yes. Yes. People get, uh, upset about brontosaurus sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's the, it's the Pluto of dinosaurs. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Why is that? Um, so, Brontosaurus, uh, um, most of us, uh, if you're our age, you knew Brontosaurus as a kid, um, uh, but then it goes away, and it's people tell you it's not a dinosaur anymore. Um, uh, I have discovered in talking to kids these kids these days, uh, <laughs> in talking to kids, um, most of them don't know Brontosaurus. Like, really? It's definitely like a generational thing. Oh, wow. Um, because Brontosaurus stopped being a thing there for a while. Yeah. Um, well, as, uh, as with everything, uh, in science of dinosaurs, it's more complicated than that. Um, so, uh, late 1870s, uh, Othniel Marsh is, uh, one of, uh, several paleontologists combing the American Midwest for dinosaur bones. There's kind of like a gold rush for dinosaur bones, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Othniel Marsh is, finds an animal that he names Apatosaurus. And Apatosaurus is a long-necked sauropod dinosaur um, that looks a lot like Brontosaurus as we know it and love it uh, today. Um, he finds it, he names it kind of a rush job. Yeah, I found a, a couple of bones. That's a new dinosaur, Apatosaurus. A couple of years later, he finds a different set of bones, probably not the whole animal, kind of a rush job eh, it's a new dinosaur it's a brontosaurus name's brontosaurus um oh so he discovers both of them. he discovers both of them okay uh 1903-ish uh somebody else comes back and re-examines those fossils and says well that's probably the same uh it's not the same species but it's probably the same genus so it's probably closely enough related that there should be lumped together as one thing mm-hmm. um Apatosaurus was named first, so that's the scientifically valid name. So it's so now that's both of those animals are now Apatosaurus. Right. That was in 1903. I was gonna say. Yeah. I was I wasn't alive then. Right. But for some reason, probably the lack of internet, um, Brontosaurus uh, stays as the name that's in sort of common parlance for until the late 80s or 90s until finally people got the oh no it's not a dinosaur brontosaurus doesn't actually exist it's actually a patasaurus took forever it took that long yeah um uh paleontologists often don't always agree with each other um actually i wanted to read up on this exact topic before i came here today because i i knew this would come up (laughs) and one of the things that i discovered is that 
1903 when they said, no, it's actually a patasaurus. Um, there were some uh, people who disagreed, including the American Museum of Natural History, who in the 18 or 19-teens, I think, uh, put up a display of those fossils and labeled it Brontosaurus. Oh, okay. So they were like, too bad. We're calling it Brontosaurus. Right. So, <laughs> so they didn't help things. Yeah. So the American Museum of Natural History, that's, you know, one of the big, one of the big ones in New York. So it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's the, the, the real deal. Um, so people are on the fence, you know, some, there's two different camps of, of thought there, but, uh, as time passes more and more come over to the Apatosaurus side, mm-hmm. fine. It's Apatosaurus. So by, like I said, the late eighties, uh, pretty much science is in agreement that it's a patasaurus. Yeah. But it, that brontosaurus is still in public conscience, uh, uh, including uh, uh, Flintstones talks about, you know, bronto burgers and bronto ribs all the time. Yeah. So Flintstones are giving us brontosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Littlefoot was a brontosaurus. Yeah. What do, do they say brontosaurus? In oh, there? don't. I think I so. I think so. It's one of my, this is one of my uh, dinosaur shames is that I have never seen a Land Before Time movie. Not not even the first one? Not even the first one. I know. Oh, the, uh, I'm getting a very. You just broke my heart. Uh, so, so sorry. Look, I've not seen like two through 34, but the first one is a classic. <laughs> yeah, that's my understanding. Oh, do they do they do they say names of dinosaur like the specific scientific um, names? Well, Sarah is very definitely a Triceratops, right? Because it's got the word Sarah in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ducky is mm-hmm. a duckbill. A duckbill dinosaur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Littlefoot. God, uh, Littlefoot. I think. My, I. I mean, here's the thing. I always understood him to be a brontosaurus. Right. But again, I grew up do with they, that bias. I don't know. Do they say brontosaurus? He might be. In the movie? Do they say any dinosaur names in the movie? He might be a Diplodocus. I yeah. don't know. Or Brachiosaurus. Or Diplodocus, or, yeah. as I used to say. Well, uh, let's, let's figure this out. Um, <laughs> Triceratops and a duckbill and Sharptooth is the bad guy. Sharptooth, right? yeah. He's a, a T-Rex, probably. A, mm, is say? he or is he an Allosaurus? Mm. He might be. He might not be a Turin or, or Carnus. I don't know. So Sarah yeah. is a triceratops. Yes. And is definitely a triceratops. Definitely like, a triceratops. De- definitely three horns. Yep. You know, two on the one on the nose. Okay. Yep. Um, so that right there, we'll use uh, uh, we'll use that as our as our marker. Triceratops is definitely a late Cretaceous dinosaur. <laughs> okay. All right. Right. Um, that probably means uh, uh, sharp tooth is probably a Tyrannosaurus rex. Mm-hmm. So that is also a late Cretaceous dinosaur found in the same location as Triceratops. Okay. Um, Ducky as a duckbill is probably an Edmontosaurus, um, which would be a North American late Cretaceous hadrosaur. Um, I'm. Um, yeah, he's looking it up as we speak. What, I am. What they are. Uh, okay, so Littlefoot, he's an Apatosaurus. He's an Apatosaurus. Okay. I don't know if they, I mean, that's what, that's what Wiki says. All right. Sarah is a Triceratops. Yeah. Uh, Ducky is a Sorolophus. Sorolophus, okay. Is that what you said? I said Sorolophus. I can't see what you... Okay. No, I mean, but in terms of guessing. Oh, no. I, I said Edmontosaurus. Okay. Petrie is a Pterodon. Spike is a Stegosaurus. Okay. See, and, they're, uh, they're tr- all over the map. They're doing they're doing the Jurassic Park thing of lumping animals from different eras together right. oh. that wouldn't have lived together. No wonder you've not seen it. <laughs> I cannot be... It's a nightmare. I cannot be bothered with this scientific inaccuracy um 
So if uh, yeah, so if anybody has any information on that, whether or not they actually say the names in the movies, please let us know yeah. on Facebook. Um, I don't remember it, but I remember it being very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I used to have the puppets from Pizza Hut. So oh, nice. loved, loved very that. Nice. Very nice. And uh, I believe the girl who did the voice of Ducky was murdered by her father. What? Um, Holy cow! Which yeah, which is nothing to <laughs> nothing to do with this conversation. But oh uh, if you want to be horrified for a day, look up that story. Oh boy, it is awful. It will recontextualize that movie for you entirely. Oh. Um, so, 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 um, so, Brontosaurus. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so uh, Brontosaurus is not scientifically valid. Um, up until about three or four years ago, we'll say three years ago at this point, mm-hmm. somebody went back and re-examined the fossil evidence that we have and said, no, no, the Apatosaurus fossils and the Brontosaurus fossils are different enough that there probably should be different. Uh, genus, um, uh, different genera. Uh, so uh, Brontosaurus is back to being a scientifically valid name. Wow. So it's back. Brontosaurus is back, baby. And it only took them uh, 100 years. 110 yeah. years to, yeah. to actually re-examine sort the bones. That out. Yeah. Wow. What is wrong with the paleontology <laughs> world? You know, that, that's a side note. That happens all of the time when... Um, uh, there are museums that have gigantic collections of fossils in drawers in their back rooms that nobody's looked at in a hundred years. Really? And they open those drawers and they pull those fossils out and they go, "Oh my God, we didn't know we had this. It's a <laughs> X." And they make a they discover a new dinosaur. Yeah. That was in a drawer for a hundred years. That's so, crazy. They yeah. were just sitting there. Yeah. Wow. Um, so the um, so walk us so very quick. I mean, as quick as you want. I'm not going to sure. make you rush. I'm really so, rambly. I'm so sorry. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm taking you all over the place too. M- mostly movies about dinosaurs. Um, how do you feel about the show Dinosaurs? Uh, I've never watched that either. Uh, he he's so disappointed in me right now. What? I know. Not, I know. Not the mama. Not the. Ma- I know like enough of the pop culture references that there was the the. The baby in the high chair. That the said, thing not that always mama. got me as a kid, even back when I was watching it, was that somehow um, I I understood that the two parents could be different different um, species species right? yeah. of dinosaurs, um, but the fact that they came together and then somehow their kids were even fundamentally like different <laughs> as opposed to just. You know, a did, mixture of two. Did they adopt? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was always like, why is he just a different type of dinosaur? <laughs> um, with the weird spikes on the head to give him that nice 90s Bart mm. Simpsons look. Um, right, right. Uh, okay, well, we need to get you watching some, I, so some I, more dinosaur media. my homework. I know. I know. I need to catch up on <laughs> land my, be- At least before Land time. Before Time 1. Mm-hmm. Try not to think about ducky oh jeez. um oh it's awful oh my goodness um and then yeah watch watch the dinosaurs okay. uh, watch the dinosaurs tv show um so walk us through walk us through the eras we've kind of started talking about triassic mm-hmm. um and a little bit about uh yeah jurassic di- the jurassic era uh the the middle of the of the dinosaur the mesozoic era uh, dinosaurs get huge they get very um uh, there's a lot of variation. There's that's when your long necks get really gigantic. That's when Stegosaurus appears, which doesn't look like anything else that's, you know, come before it. Um, that's when uh, Allosaurus is one of the big uh, meat eaters of the time, and that's, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, it's not as big as Tyrannosaurus Rex, but it doesn't have tiny little arms. It's got decent arms it can do stuff with. Yeah, he's um, swole. Yeah, 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 he's you know he's he's buff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so that's when. Um, Dinosaurs really become dinosaurs is mm-hmm. that Jurassic era. 
Um, that's kind of what we think of when we think of dinosaurs. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Even though we picture some some wrong ones. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could make the argument that the, that uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex is probably the most famous dinosaur. Yeah, he's the king, uh, baby. He's the king of dinosaurs. And he does not appear until the Cretaceous. Uh, so right. that's the last of the three eras. So when you see, though, like, you know, one of the classic images that you will see, though, is like a Tyrannosaurus Rex versus a Stegosaurus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, the only one that, in my mind, is more famous than that is the classic T-Rex versus the Triceratops. Right. But you will see... Stegosaurus going up against a Tyrannosaurus. Yes. That's scientifically scientifically impossible. In fact, this is not my observation, but it's a good mind-blowing factoid, uh, so I love pointing it out. The amount of time between Stegosaurus and Tyrannosaurus Rex is greater than the amount of time between Tyrannosaurus Rex and us. No. Yeah. Is that true? That is absolutely true. So the amount of time that those two animals are separated by... Right is a larger amount of time than us separated from T-Rex. How much longer do we have to exist in order to match that amount of time? To match that amount of time. So uh, mid-Jurassic is, uh, so you're looking at 130, 140 million years ago for Stegosaurus. Uh, I, I don't know that number off the top of my head, but... Uh, T-Rex is 65 million years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's it's close. Like, they're comparable numbers, but right. there's just it's, there's more on that side than there is on our side. Cool. So, Well, unfortunately for us, the world is going to end sometime next year. Is that is that so? I, I think so. Okay. Given, you know, the political climate and everything that we've done to the environment, like, right. I don't think we're quite going to get there, but um, okay. well, yeah. we had a good run. We did. It was good. It was we good. had a good run. <laughs> Um, so, so really, more factually accurate then is like a stegosaurus, stegosaurus, stegosaurus versus like an allosaurus. Uh huh. Yeah, okay. that's those are those are cotemporaneous. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, any yeah. other? What What are the other? You, you mentioned like the long neck. So when? Mm-hmm. So wh- any other ones that sort of pop up in terms of the Jurassic period that are kind of like the biggies? Yeah, you got your Brachiosaurus and your Apatosaurus and your Brontosaurus. Um, uh, your Diplodocus is mm-hmm. uh, around that time. Um, yeah, those are the, the big ones for the, the long necks. Yeah, um, There are some long necks that exist in the Cretaceous, including at the end there, which uh, around the time of uh, Triceratops and T-Rex. Um, and those are your uh, Titanosaurs, as they are known as. Whoa. Um, and those are amongst the biggest of the long necks that ever existed. There just seemed to be... Uh, fewer of them in terms of uh, variation, like uh, number of species. There seem to be fewer of them. I don't know about population, right? Number of them. There seem to be fewer of those long necks in the late Cretaceous. But that's when the really big ones are. So, right. Uh, that's that Patagotitan, which is the uh, the current record holder for largest dinosaur that we know of. Um, are those? Um, um, you know, uh, once again, I dropped out very early. But are mm-hmm. those? Are those more recent discoveries? Or yeah. Absolutely. And where do you find those at? Um, Patagotitan is South America, uh, as, as I'm guessing where that is. And I could be wrong on that. Mm-hmm. Um, the previous record holder uh, before Patagotitan as the... Um, yeah, Patagotitan is definitely South America. I know I'm thinking back to where they found those fossils. Uh, the previ- But the previous record holder before that was Argentinosaurus. Oh, God. Can you guess where we found that one? Uh, Utah. <laughs> Nailed it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> What? So yeah. Okay. Uh, Argentinosaurus. Um, 
just clumsy. Oh, yeah? Just, but it's... Uh, whoever finds it can name it right is that how it works or if you're yeah if you're the one who scientifically describes it first yeah. you can name it uh, and if you just if you don't have a creative bone in your body then yeah okay or you know if you're a proud argentinian maybe you want to you know that's true that's true if okay you're a proud utah person you know what you've changed my mind yeah yep it's all about national pride with this yeah, exactly okay yeah. um so what is, uh, okay, so the Jurassic, and then what's what's the third one? Cretaceous. Cretaceous. Right, which most of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are Cretaceous dinosaurs. Okay. Uh, Velociraptor, Triceratops, um, uh, Tyrannosaurus rex, they're all Cretaceous dinosaurs. Yeah, the good ones. Yeah. Um, is there a point that they, uh, okay, well, let's let's talk about this first. So what... I know there's a few theories. I know more, th- some you know, some theories get closer to what is perceived as the truth more mm-hmm. than others. What what do you feel, or what what what's a theory out there that you sort of subscribe to in terms of their how they go, the extinction, the extinction event? Um, the one that we have the best evidence for is the is the meteor impact, mm-hmm. and what a lot of people point to as the smoking gun for that meteor impact is the iridium layer. So iridium is an element found uh, relatively rarely in the Earth's surface normally. Right. Um, it is much more common in uh, asteroids and meteors and that sort of thing, uh, like percentage-wise. Um, and there is, uh, geologically on the Earth, there is a, a iridium layer that's about the 65 million year mark. So all over the globe, different places of the globe. If you're looking at a chunk of Earth that is 65 million years ago, you will see a layer of iridium in the Earth. Right. Um, there are dinosaurs under that. There are no dinosaurs above that. Hmm. So it's a pretty clear marker right. of, like, this thing happened, and we had dinosaurs, and we didn't have dinosaurs. Right. Are It is possible that those two events are not related. Right. Correlation does not equal causation. Um, but it just seems pretty likely sure. that that happened. So the reason why we have an iridium layer is 65 million years ago, this giant asteroid smashes into the Earth, and it explodes, and it ejects bits of itself into the atmosphere, and, and that dust then settles back down to the Earth, and you get this layer of iridium laying on top of it. And it just covers everything. Covers everything, yeah. yeah. Now, when I say a layer of iridium, I don't mean there was, you know, you, you wouldn't have, like, walked through a forest and seen iridium lying on the ground. Like, right. But there's just, there's enough of a, there's enough in that layer of soil that geologists recognize it and go, there's this one layer that has way more iridium than any other layer we've ever seen before. So Right. So it's, uh, so it's, that seems like the smoking gun. Sure. Uh, and that, something like that is catastrophic in terms of being an, an extinction event because, I mean, what, what are the, what are the circumstances of that? What are, what are the consequences of that? Yeah, so that, that asteroid uh, uh, smashes into the Earth. Everybody on the planet has a terrible day right then and there. <laughs> yeah. The explosion is huge. The, Especially uh, the ones under it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anything within... Uh, we think it hit um, uh, the Yucatan Peninsula of Mexico seems to be where we have narrowed down as the impact point. Um, so anything basically on that hemisphere... Uh, is sees the the result of that explosion Hmm. Um, tsunamis are global Um, and then uh, the after effects are like i said all this dust and dirt kicked up from the explosion in the atmosphere in addition to all the uh, smoke and ash from the 
basically everything on that side of the earth is on fire from this explosion. So all that dust and ash and, and smoke is in the atmosphere and it's blocking out the sun. And when you block out the sun, then your plants die off. And when your plants die off, your plant eaters die off. And when your plant eaters die off, your meat eaters die off. So it's this, you know, big cascade of, of effects. Right. And, uh, kills something like 70% of the species on earth at the time. Wow. Um, so it's not, it's not the worst extinction event in history. Right. Um, there's been a lot more, uh, there's been extinction events that were a lot worse. Um, in terms of just percentage, in terms of percentage of species wise, I think, uh, I think the Permian, the end of the Permian, which is the right before the Triassic, or right before the era of the dinosaurs, I think it's something like 90% of species on earth go extinct. And that has happened several times where these other extinction events have happened. And well, you mentioned and a we, few. Yeah, and we don't know why those have happened. Right. Like, we have our we have some strong theories. Um, so that right there is one of the red flags of, like, well, these other extinction events happened without a meteor, it seems like. So mm. why do we need a meteor to explain the extinction of the, of the dinosaurs? Right. And, and it turns out we might not. Um, there is another competing theory of uh, volcanism causing the extinction. And so volcanism oh. is um, a huge section. I think it's, I think that one is Siberia. So si- all of Siberia turns into a volcanic field. Uh, and I mean like all, I don't mean like a volcano. I mean like the whole, all of Siberia is, uh, you know, ejecting lava and uh, magma, lava, which, whichever it is. Right. Um, and that is producing um, sulfur into the atmosphere. And that is, uh, um, uh, kind of having that same thing where it's stuff is blocking out the sun and um, chemical, uh, basically poison gas is coming out of these volcanoes mm-hmm. and that's um, causing huge uh, changes in the ecosystem. Um, uh, you know, you kill off, um, uh, sea life is very easy to kill off when you change the, the chemical uh, makeup of your of your seawater. Right. And, and that creates that chain reaction that again causes these mass extinctions. Mm. So th- that theory sort of proposes that this is happening and then a meteor just happens also, to hit. Also hits at the same time. <laughs> oh, God. And then it's a bad time to be alive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, and then maybe those theories aren't mutually exclusive. You know, maybe maybe it's the asteroid impact that causes the volcanism or at least aggravates the volcanism. Right. Or maybe volcanism was occurring and was, um, you know, causing a, a reasonable bad day for everybody that they were they were going to make it through and yeah. then the asteroid hits and finishes everybody off right um they're like forget this volcano stuff we're going to mexico yeah we're going to get away from this for we're, a few we're just gonna relax gonna not worry about the volcano for a while <laughs> it's all the way over there in siberia right we're gonna vacation in mexico what's that giant shadow yeah. probably nothing to worry about <laughs> why is the sky on fire oof yeah. Bad day to be a dinosaur. Bad day to be a dinosaur. Yeah, because you had mentioned a few extinction events mm-hmm. throughout um, before that. So, mm-hmm. so the dinosaurs had had persevered somehow throughout. Yeah, they had a couple. Pretty much every era ends with um, an extinction event. So, right. uh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So the end of the Triassic, there's an extinction event. Um, the end of the Jurassic, there's an extinction event, and they're they're much smaller scale, but mm-hmm. you know, it's still an extinction event. Right. Um, and then of course the end of the Jurassic or end of the Cretaceous, rather. Yeah, um, is we lose all the dinosaurs. 
there's a really interesting, and I don't, I don't want to talk too much about it because I, I, I bring it up at any opportunity that I get. But over there on my desk is a book called The Fingerprint of the Gods. Have you ever read it? I have not. Um, it's very interesting, and and I only bring it up because it it does sort of mention this idea of an extinction event in terms of. Um, humans, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and so you know the fact that that these things have happened in in history and and will probably continue to happen. You know, it's almost I guess the theory is that it it posits that it's almost naive to think that this hasn't happened to us at some point. Right. Um, and a lot of things that we sort of say um, and attribute to like alien activity mm-hmm. um, in terms of structures that we can't explain right. or ideas that seem you know, too advanced for what we know about um, our own species. Um, and so we go, well, an alien must have visited and told us. Right. Um, the, the theory is is actually like, well, what if, what if we, what if humans didn't sort of evolve on the timeline that we are all taught to know, mm-hmm. but in fact, we evolved um, and created societies. And mm-hmm. then there was like a, an extinction event like a flood sure and then it wipes out most of civilization right which um you know the theory posits that you know humans were mostly on the coasts and they were seafaring people Mm -hmm. and they were technologically advanced in that and there's you know proof of it through maps that shouldn't exist and land Mm -hmm. masses that weren't discovered for centuries after the map was created right um you know but but there's a there's this massive flood and it and it wipes tons of people out and you know and it and it forces people sort of into the center of these or the or the people who were in the center of whatever these land masses were survive the survive the water yeah they're not as advanced though technologically and so they're a bit more primitive but then the the few survivors from the catastrophe sort of start looking for people to pass their knowledge along to mm-hmm. and they're almost seen as godlike figures sure whether it's because of their uh, you know, physical forms or because mm-hmm. they, you know, just seem like they came from the sky. It was actually just like, I need to tell you how to build a pyramid before, right. Before I die. Right. right. Everybody who else, everybody else who knew this died. Yeah. I have to teach this to you, right. you know? And it's like interesting when, when you really get down to like the, the great pyramid of Giza, mm-hmm. um, and then the two next to it, the great pyramid was built first and is actually better built mm-hmm. structurally. Mm-hmm. And the other two are kind of crumbling and falling apart. Right. And you would, you would, you would sort of ask the question, well, why wouldn't you get better at building a pyramid? Yeah. You know, except this theory posits like, well, no, this was passed along knowledge mm-hmm. before that other civilization died out. Mm-hmm. And then the other people that it was passed along to went, yeah, let's give this a try. We could, we could do that. And they yeah. weren't as good at it. Right, right. You know, so it's this like, speaking of extinction events, it's just like, mm-hmm. it's very interesting to me to think like, you know, the dinosaurs went through it um, a few times. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's naive to think that, you know, like we, maybe haven't experienced that on our own. Sure, sure. We're, I think we're talking about different timescales, though. Sure. Like, we talk about dinosaurs having multiple extinction events. You know, for them, you have to remember that for the dinosaurs, dinosaurs are not a single species. Right. Right? They're, they're thousands of species, and they're all doing different things. So, um, uh, uh, Tyrannosaurus rex, well, Tyrannosaurus rex was one of the, did experience an extinction event, because uh, they were at the end. So, uh, Stegosaurus. Stegosaurus does not experience an extinction event. Right. Stegosaurus, that species, um, it, it evolves from its uh, previous uh, 
you know, Stegosaurus-like ancestors. Um, it has it has its run, however long that species lives. Yeah. It seems like uh, five million years is like an average number for a species to exist, if there is such a thing as an average number for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have their five million year run, and then they go extinct. And it's not because of a specific extinction event, just because right. that species ran its course and it did its thing and right. was replaced in its environment or its environment went away or, you know, things changed. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, an extinction event every hundred million years is, um, they certainly occur, uh, but humans haven't been around a hundred million years yet. So to think that humans have experienced an extinction event on that scale Right. It's different scale. It's oh, a different of course. Scale. Yeah, different yeah, scale. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I guess certainly... I'm just, I'm speaking it more of just like general, just like large scale catastrophe. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, that peaks, that... And, peaks and valleys. Yeah. Peaks and valleys. Yeah. That, you know, it's just, it's, it's more interesting to me to think that something like that has occurred on the timeline mm-hmm. um, of, of humans rather than just thinking that, you know, it started at Caveman and, and we've ended up here and that's been it and nothing bad has happened, you right. know? Yeah, yeah. And, and anything we, just, we can't explain must we be just aliens. keep getting better. <laughs> we yeah. just keep, yeah. Uh, Where it's just like, actually, you know, I just, I, I enjoy the theory of like, no, we've, we've been around and we figured things out and a lot of those people, unfortunately, yeah, you know, they, they got, they got wiped out. Right. But I mean, even uh, just looking at the pyramids themselves, like you said, you know, maybe it was, um, uh, somebody knew how to build pyramids and then somebody else tried to copy that and didn't do as well. But like, we don't a hundred percent know how the pyramids were built. Like, exactly. we, have, we have some pretty good ideas. We right. kind of reverse engineered it, but, um, you know, so that knowledge absolutely was lost. Right. Um, it's just not satisfying to me then to look at that and go like, it was aliens. No. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> you know? absolutely not. That's, I just think that, I just yeah. feel like that. And again, this is way going off of the topic of dinosaurs, <laughs> but I just feel like that actually takes away from us as human beings and the, and the and the experience <laughs> that our species has had yeah hey, i'll i'll bring um i'll bring it back do it pyramids and paleontology okay have you seen the movie Ten Thousand bc no right. but i've not heard good things it is not a great movie i like it way more than i feel like i should okay. and i like it more than um i think people would expect me to um so it's a roland emmerich film uh yeah. that mastermind of of the blockbuster um so the premise of the movie is our hero is a, sort of a, a Stone Age a hunter-gatherer. He, he and his tribe um, hunt mammoth in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And this uh, other group of people show up out of nowhere and take a bunch of them prisoners uh, to be slaves and take them away back to their land where they came from. So our hero and a couple of his buddies go to rescue them. Mm-hmm. So they follow this group back. Um the interesting things that are happening there are we get to see the the hunter gatherers hunting mammoth, and it seems like they did a reasonable job of depicting how that may have happened with those people. Yeah. Um, what we see with the interaction of the tribe that comes to to take them prisoner and take them slaves is that some of them are on horseback, um, which is to the hunter gatherers hunting mammoths is they barely even know what a horse is, let alone <laughs> the uh, concept of riding one. Right. So, so already their their mind is kind of blown by seeing this thing. So they follow these people down um, out of the mountains and it, they, they out of the mountains and into the jungle. Like there's basically like the mountains end at the jungle, which I guess there's places on earth where that happens. Sure. sure. But it's just a transition 
filmmaking wise there's no transitions mountain jungle great right. um and uh in the jungle they're pursued by uh, uh an animal called a terror bird um uh, which is a real animal that existed, um, may have coexisted with people. Uh, if you don't know what a terror bird is, I, I suggest Google it, because if you thought um, crocodile wolves was bad, a terror bird is essentially a flightless uh, carnivorous parrot uh, about twice as tall as a person. Real? Okay. Yeah. So Terror, are you saying? Terror. Terror, as in like horror. You are saying terror. I am saying terror. I'm not mishearing no. that. No. Okay. Terror bird. Okay. Uh, flightless, carnivorous parrot, the su- twice as tall as a human. Aptly named. Yeah. So it's a horrific creature. So that's the, the, the monster that chases them through the jungle. Right. Um, and then uh, they survive that, and then they f- continue on their way into the, into the desert um, where they meet uh another tribe that um is starting to like lay the groundwork for agriculture Mm -hmm. so they get exposed to somebody planting crops and i and to me that's like oh that's kind of interesting like you know here's a way that information gets passed you know this this one group of people encounters this other group of people right and so great they're doing agriculture makes sense um and then they 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 leave that true tribe and cross the desert to go confront the people who stole their their people as slaves and those people are building the pyramids. So it's, it, they're, they're taking these slaves to build the pyramids in Egypt. Ah. So here's the part that confuses me. Um, terror birds, like I said, real animal, really existed, may have coexisted with people, mm-hmm. but is absolutely a South American thing found in south america got it um may have been in florida there may have been some here in florida as well wouldn't surprise me so um you know they start to come up slightly into north america so they they're hunting mammoths in the mountains yeah they come down out of the mountains into the jungle presumably of south america right then they cross the desert uh to egypt to make pyramids perfect Mm. that geography uh, checks out lines up perfect <laughs> are they are they are they 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 don't talk about that they don't they don't they don't try they to don't say a, like they don't address that it's at pangea all. or something no no they don't because like, south know, american the name of the movie is Ten Thousand bc so presumably that's when it's happening Ten right. thousand bc you know ten thousand years ago um pangea is not a thing right you know, the continents basically look like they look now <laughs> uh, so mm. <laughs> you know sounds like a rare misstep in that and that fine and that filmmakers piece of cinema. yeah um, um but uh so the uh, the people who are building the pyramids are using mammoths to help build them the pyramids oh perfect so that's like okay all right i see what you're doing there and then they do have this guy who is in in charge of all of them who they only see, you only see him like uh i don't know do we actually talk to him he's just sort of like there and they they worship him. They basically worship this guy mm-hmm. as a god almost. And he's clearly physically different from um, the rest of the people that he's in charge of. And the implication is that he is a, an alien. Right. But maybe he's not. Maybe he's just one of these guys who knew more than everybody else from a previous civilization. So I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. So I, I give that movie a chance. Okay. See it? I give it a chance because I think that will interest you. Yeah. The way they portray this guy. Like I said, the implication is that he might be an alien, but I don't think they explicitly say it. Right. He could just as easily be from Atlantis. Sure. So. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so speaking of movies real quick, okay. now here's my question right. for you. You get to create your own Jurassic Park. Okay. What dinosaurs do you populate it with? Oh, what dinosaurs do I populate it with? Is it is the goal of the park to draw in, is to make as much money off of people as possible, or is it to entertain Ryan Gelodi? It's to entertain Ryan Gelodi. Okay. Um, in that case, uh, I probably have uh, lots of the really, really big pterosaurs. So um, Pteranodon, uh, Quetzalcoatlus. Um, uh, Quetzalcoatlus, probably the largest animal that ever flew. So 30 to 35 foot wingspan. Wow. Um, it's basically a giraffe with wings. Okay. It's one of the ways it gets portrayed in, uh, dinosaur art a lot. Would you put saddles on it and let people ride it, uh, for, for admission? If by people, do you mean me? Yes. Okay. I would put a saddle on it and Got I it. would ride it. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Oh gosh, that's my dream right there. Um, and, and uh before your uh, paleontology nerd uh listeners write in yes i am well aware that a uh a, a pterosaur is not a dinosaur mm. so good you know that too you put know. your pen down that's right <laughs> good stop typing your angry email <laughs> um uh so yeah so i would have the big pterosaurs um i would uh i would love to see um you know, you got to have a big couple of the big carnivores in there. So give me a Tyrannosaurus Rex, of course. Sure. Can't not have a T Rex. Yeah. Uh, give me the uh, give me a Spinosaurus. Maybe mostly because I want to see who's right about Spinosaurus. There's okay. A million different theories about Spinosaurus, and I want to know who's actually right. Spinosaurus is related to what? Uh, so Spinosaurus is. We want to picture it in our heads. Uh, it is a big carnivore. Um, well, picturing it in your head is going to be difficult because people have different ideas of what it may have looked like. Oh. Um, if you've seen Jurassic Park three, mm-hmm. it is the main bad guy dinosaur in oh. that movie. Okay. So it has a big sail on its back. Right, um, right, 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 right. Uh, it has a narrow pointed crocodile like snout. Got it. Um, and the debate, what people are wondering about why, you know, what does it actually look like is, uh, it seems like based on fossil evidence that people have assembled and put together, it may have been an obligate quadruped. So it would have to walk on four legs. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, it's literally the only carnivorous theropod dinosaur that we know of that walked on four legs. Oh, um, it is a theropod, so it is in the same family that includes T-Rex and Velociraptor and Allosaurus and birds, um, but it's walking on four legs, somewhat like a crocodile. Right. Um, and that's super weird. <laughs> yeah. And so if that's right, why is it doing that and what's it doing and right. what's going on? So basically you want one just to see yeah. who's right and, who's what, right. and what's it doing. Got it. And, okay. what's, and what's it doing with that sale as well? So your park is for fun and for education. Right, to answer some questions. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think just having a dinosaur at all would answer a multitude of questions. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you're kind of, you're, you're, you're digging down into the Spinosaurus in mm-hmm. particular. Yeah. Um, any other ones? Any any herbivores that you would want to include in there? Uh, herbivores? Uh, I do like Stegosaurus. Stegosaurus is pretty great. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to tell a little side tangent story about Stegosaurus. You talked about your friend who drew it incorrectly mm-hmm. in, uh, in middle school. Um, uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs, uh, the guy who gave us uh, Tarzan and uh, John Carter of Mars, yeah. um, he has one of his, is it, uh, one of his dinosaur stories, people encountering dinosaurs in a you know isolated locale. Um, he, uh, Stegosaurus shows up. 
and Stegosaurus chases these people to the edge of a cliff and they start climbing down the cliff and Stegosaurus comes up to the edge of the cliff and his Stegosaurus, those plates drop sideways horizontally and the Stegosaurus jumps off the cliff and flies with those plates. Wow. (laughs) That was a a thing that some people briefly entertained as a possibility for Did they use it like glider wings or something? Glider wings. That wow. The Stegosaurus used them to fly. That seems reasonable. Totally, totally <laughs> possible. Of course. I don't know what he's going to do once he's <laughs> off the cliff and <laughs> yeah. continually just going down. Right? Drifting down and <laughs> landing some? I don't know. I don't know. Waiting for him at the bottom with his mm-hmm. mouth open? Yeah. I don't know. Wow. That's an interesting... Uh, That's an interesting image. Interesting image. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, real quick, we're winding down here. Um, same question I ask everybody. Okay. Um, is there anything that we didn't get to that I you wish that I would have asked about so you could talk about? I like the 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 Burroughs imagery <laughs> right. to end it, but is there anything else that you're just like, I have to talk about this before we go? Um, one of the books I have here is a book called uh, All Yesterdays, mm-hmm. and it's worth checking out if you love dinosaurs and you're interested in like the weirder aspects of dinosaurs. The point of this book is it's uh, paleontology art showing dinosaurs doing things that other paleontology art doesn't show them doing. Um, oh, Anytime you open a book of dinosaurs, you see T-Rex trying to eat a triceratops. Right. Uh, there's literally a picture of in here uh, of a T-Rex taking a nap. Oh, cute. <laughs> right? Because it's like you never see that. Um, on the cover, you will see uh, Protoceratops hanging out in a tree. Yeah. And... Look at him. Yeah. So the point of that image, in addition to be kind of fun and whimsical, the point of that image is, is that dinosaurs probably did things that we didn't don't expect that they did and we will never know that they did right um imagine uh imagine you find the fossils of a goat and you don't know anything about a goat and you know nothing about goats you just find the fossils of it you would go okay great it's a four-legged herbivore it's probably eating you know probably eating you know plants to survive uh maybe hangs out in herds because we found a bunch of them together but you would never know from a, a a goat fossil that that thing climbs trees Right. Goats sometimes climb trees and hang out in trees. There's right. nothing about the skeleton of a goat to indicate that it would climb right. trees. Right, or that they're best friends with horses. Exactly or right. they do so, yoga. Yeah, exactly right. So you oh. would never know that. So the point of this book is like, what if animals did this? Because some animals do. Right. So protoceratops hanging out in a tree. Um, maybe they did. Sure. We don't know that they didn't. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, that prompted me to... We're going long, but I don't care because okay. I love this. Yes. Um, that did prompt me to think of this theory, though, of a lot of what we know uh, or what we think we know about what dinosaurs look like visually, and obviously that's evolving all the time, mm-hmm. is sort of based on this theory that it's just... Um, and I think there's a name to it. Maybe you can help me. But it's it's really based on this theory that we're just stretching skin over the bones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And that we're not taking into account feathers or you know other things absolutely you know? and i've seen images online where it's like if we did this with other animals they would be horrifying that is exactly what this book is this okay. book has the sort of the second uh the last part of this book is exactly that there's a i'm showing him a picture of a baboon right now right and that is a baboon that uh someone has just sketched around the skeleton of yep and it doesn't look anything like a baboon no and it's horrifying it, it horrifying. looks like one of those fake crocodiles that we were talking about. right yeah yeah exactly yeah. so it looks um uh find some other ones. there's some other ones like if you found uh um there is a name for what you just described and i'm trying to remember what it is now um the uh, uh stretching the skin over the skeleton but yeah, yeah. so um 
yeah, so we're we're basically we're having to sort of fatten up the image of of dinosaurs, what we think dinosaurs look like, because we did that. We did, um, you know, start with a skeleton and then just draw a line around the outside of the skeleton, right? Um, to go, oh, that's what the dinosaur looked like. Well, like, well, no, dinosaur animals have um, big chunks of meat or or fat that aren't represented by um, by the skeletons. Right. So we have to kind of understand that. Yeah. Um, elephants are a, a great example of like um, an elephant alive doesn't look anything like an elephant skeleton. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's just constantly evolving. Right. We're trying to, trying to figure out what are we missing? New discoveries and wow. <laughs> it's just, it's this podcast, but like professionally, people yeah. get paid to do it uh-huh. all the time. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you so much for coming out and talking to me about this. I know there's probably a million more things that we could have talked about. And I will talk for hours and hours if you let me, so don't. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll end it there. Um, check out all yesterdays. I'm, I'm going to, and I'll try to post some of the pictures of... Uh, whatever the skin stretchy thing is we'll we'll, right. we'll get we'll get word on that what that's called but um thank you ryan very much for coming out and uh and uh, i really appreciated it thank you so much for having me this was a blast all right bye what am i missing is edited produced and hosted by me brett walden with original music by anthony smith special thanks to ryan gelodi if for nothing else giving me the permission to once again state that the brontosaurus is my favorite dinosaur if you would like to know more about me or listen to past episodes, you can find it all at facebook.com slash whatamimissingpod. If you have any questions, comments, or curses about anything you heard today, you can email me at whatamimissingpodcast at gmail.com. Please make sure to rate us on whatever app you choose to listen to this podcast on and tell your friends about us. Pretty please? Like I said before, there is no preview this week of next week's episode, so I'll see you next week, whatever it is, and thanks for listening. <laughs>